Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. Tim is frozen, but that's just because I'm recording this after we already recorded the whole countdown. Uh, so as you, if you listen to the end of the last part, you'll know that we were going to have numbers 40 to number one all in one big episode, but it went too long. It went three and a half hours. So we had to split it into parts three and four. And this is just my sort of new intro for part four, because I, I didn't do an intro on the the actual recording because we were just going continuously but welcome to the show it's a horror movie podcast and we're doing our top 100 horror movies of all time and this is going to be the final 20 entries for both myself and tim so enjoy the show hopefully you enjoy the rest of the countdown take it away past me all right what is your number 20 so i think this is an unhold uh my number 20 is the exorcist it is an unhold absolutely go on yeah, uh, I mean, this is just another one where every time I watch it, I'm just so impressed by every little thing. Well, I mean, not as much as you were in 2017 because it was number 11 back then. <laughs> well, it's, you got to make room for uh, <laughs> some other stuff. Uh, but uh, I mean, no, I mean, it's just uh, it's another movie, you know, from a, a masterful filmmaker, you know, William Freakin, uh just uh, delivers like everything is just like, you know, from the lighting to the sound, uh, it just looks and feels great. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, as, as a kid, like it's like, there's, there's always a thing where, yeah, I feel like there are people that, you know, think it's like the most terrifying movie ever made. And it always tends to be people that are more religious, but, uh, I mean like growing up though, I, I did kind of fall into that. Like, Oh, like this is, uh, terrifying. Um, because there is like really like no like like lev- levity or anything like in, in the oh, movie no. grasp on. <laughs> it's a serious oppressive like doom heralding movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Freakins and Ella director we were joking earlier about Kubrick mm-hmm. and uh, Richard Donner only doing one horror movie mm-hmm. and moving on, but Freakins kind of like that. Yeah, well. he's another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it just uh, there's, I mean. I mean, what can you really say about it? <laughs> like everything is like very iconic uh, in it. Uh, yes, it's great. Yeah, I, it's, I, 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 I think the direction is the strongest thing about it. I think the direction is what mm. makes it feel so special and feel the starkness and the, the grounded sort of attitude the movie has about mm. itself when it'd be very easy to treat it like, oh, it's spooky. But <laughs> the movie doesn't really treat it like that. The movie treats it more seriously. And I think that's what makes yeah. it stick out and made it feel so real to people when it came out. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah well, it's like icon- obviously yes yeah, it's, it's iconic that's basically one of the mm-hmm. easy things you could say about it my number 20 down slightly from 16 last time is the original invisible man from 1933 okay i mean another example of i mean i don't know if you'd call the new one like a full-on remake or, or whatever but it's kind of another example of the original and yeah, version. I suppose, yeah. yeah. I think that the takes on the concept are so different. It's not like it's remaking the yeah. plot of this movie. It's just the, the basic idea. But mm-hmm. this is a horror comedy. It's a horror sci-fi comedy of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Claude Rains giving this performance of someone who's turned himself invisible, which he's already done at the start of the movie. This is not a movie where the first act is building up to him becoming invisible. <laughs> he's invisible at the start of the movie. And he he just has so much fun messing with people. Mm-hmm. And just making their lives miserable. His laugh is so memorable and infectious. <laughs> and it becomes this thing where 
it really suggests that he was a good man, but the invisibility serum is making him go mad or making mm-hmm. him lose himself. And he's just getting more and more into it to the point where he starts to become dangerous. And that's the the movie. And I think it's a really fun premise. It does like all these great things with the invisibility tricks that they could pull at the time. It's 1933. This is before a lot of effects styles had been, you know, even, but I'm not even talking about CG. I'm just talking about what, what they were doing by the fifties and sixties for effects. Never mind mm-hmm. anything more advanced than that, but they do it as convincing as they can. And Claude Rains is so entertaining like messing with people that it's hard not to just love it but then you have to fun and one of my favorite things in horror movies is characters having to problem solve and like been able to realistically figure out how can we take down this villain so it's like, okay how do we fight an invisible man and they do that and some of the sequels even do that but i love an invisible chainsaw of course <laughs> i love that practicality of like okay we have to problem solve this and i always love in horror movies mm-hmm. where by the third act the character's like okay what are the weaknesses? What are the rules that we can exploit to actually win this fight? And like Invisible Man has some of that, and I like that. So, uh, great time. Yeah, I think I've only seen this once, but I remember liking it quite a bit. So mm. probably do for a rewatch. Uh, I will say I absolutely love uh, the way he looks. I mean, the bandages. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, you know, big dark goggles. Very iconic, cool look. Yeah, it was great. It's it's, just, it's very much the quintessential mad scientist movie because he's mm-hmm. a mad scientist. Yeah. So. All right, what is your number 19? Yep, uh, that would be Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. <laughs> well, you're definitely continuing because I don't have that, but I can tell you that you, <laughs> last time, you must have had this, right? Oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah, this is 74. Yo, this is shot up dramatically for you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, probably part of the reason is that uh, it's become like an annual you know, uh, October time watch for me. Cause, uh, I don't know, like the, uh, obviously, you know, I love the original Halloween, but this uh, seems more Halloweeny to me. Cause just, you're dealing with the masks and, uh, just the constant, you know, silver shamrock, <laughs> you know, chanting and throughout the movie, but it's so much fun. Uh, and, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the name? Tom Atkins, uh, is, such you were too busy great... thinking about his mustache, Tim. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, what can I say? We stand the legend. Tom Atkins is, you know, the patron saint of horror. He's so good at this. Uh, so uh, funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is like a wild, weird movie, uh, which is, you know, part of the reason why uh, I love it. I do love Tom Atkins. I can't fault that. And I do think it's an entertaining <laughs> movie. But I think having this above the original Halloween is absolute psychotic behavior and you must be stopped and <laughs> hey, this is why i'm here i'm here for the hot takes <laughs> I, I, I think it's an entertaining movie but i also think that people say oh halloween 3 is underrated because everyone says it's bad because michael myers is in it i feel like everyone says that so much now and it has such a fan base that i actually think it's overrated now <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> the, yeah. the counterculture who want to promote Halloween 3 has become mm. so large that now I feel mm. like I'm the counterculture by saying, no, it's fine, mm. but it's not this next level special movie that you seem to all propagate. But yeah, go on. Whatever. The, you know, the problem with stuff like that is I, I don't mind, you know, when people have that opinion. Uh, like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm probably someone that, yeah, shares that as well, like that. Um, but the thing that's annoying is like when people say that, like they're the first person to ever think about it, you know, like, oh, yeah. people are like 
actually you know what uh i think it's kind of underrated uh it's like <laughs> yeah uh well have you ever talked to like a, a horror fan in the last like 15 years because everyone says that now like hey come on <laughs> i'm like a bit of a movie buff like i i, I find cool interesting movies this past weekend <laughs> i watched a movie called fight club guys fight club <laughs> it's really good should, exactly should go check yeah. it out all right <laughs> that was your 19 uh yeah. my number 19 is an unhold and it is down slightly for me from 15 mm. last time and that is the mist nice yeah uh this the, like i loved this when i first saw it but i feel like it's mm. it's went up a little bit in my feelings as time has went on Frank mm-hmm. Darabont, man, like, he, obviously, a lot of his stuff isn't horror. You know, he did Shawshank, he did Green Mile, and they're great. Um, I'm, I, I'm saying, because, like, I feel like we've, like, we've gone way too many years without a new, like, movie from him. Like, I, I don't know. know what that, like, is he in, like, Movie Jail or something because he, like, because of The Walking Dead or something? Like, I, like I don't did know. he get bad Maybe. blood for suing them or something? Like, he, I don't know. He may have done. It sucks so much. Uh like and you know and i am someone who thought the pilot of that show was fantastic that he did and then it oh, just went, it yeah. just went downhill from there very very quickly very much so <laughs> uh no i i think this is this is a you know a a modern ode to 50s monster movies but obviously mm-hmm. it's based on a stephen king story and it's a bottle movie as well it's a group of characters who are trapped in a mall when this mist rolls into town but it's a mist that's come from another dimension or something because there's monsters in it and anyone who goes out into the mist dies. Mm-hmm. So it's these characters huddled in a shopping center or a shopping mall, or a, not mall, a supermarket is what I mean to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, try to come up with plans. Mm-hmm. And again, I love, like, let's think of practical solutions. Can we get to this mm-hmm. area to get this item? Can we get here to get to a phone? Can we get here to, I don't know, get fuel so we can try and make some sort of daring escape? Like the whole movie is them trying to think of things and seeing if they can like pull them off. And then on top of that, you have the whole microcosm of like, this, this is something that stuff like Night of the Living Dead does where you've got a group of characters it's and quick... societal breakdown. Of yeah. Like, yeah. You see them breaking down. And mm-hmm. particularly in this movie, there's one character who's very religious, who sounds mm-hmm. kind of crazy to everyone at the start of the movie. But as the movie goes on, people start to listen to her because they need some comfort. <laughs> and like her words are like comforting them. And like, oh my, like I have never wanted a character to die as much as i did watching this with her weird like yeah. cult-like uh sort of mannerisms you know at the time it might have felt like a little unbelievable but oh. i mean the way like things have happened <laughs> the last couple of years yeah the last like five or so years have really made this character just feel more realistic <laughs> which is all the more terrifying quite frankly yeah. um yeah and i mean I, i'm agreeing with everything you're saying like the I, it's a, a great cast um like it, I, I love that it's like not really like anyone that's like super huge, but just a lot of like really great character actors. Like obviously, like well, I guess the, Tom Jane's a bit of a bigger name, but yeah, he, he had done yeah. some stuff, you know. And I like Tom Jane from Deep's Blue Sea and one or two other mm-hmm. things. I think the thing though, but going back to it now, because I'd been a while since I'd done so. The last time I watched that, I'm like, wait, 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 is that Captain Holt? It is. Oh yeah. Oh right, right, yeah. Yeah, Holt. Because <laughs> this was before Brooklyn Nine Nine, but obviously now yeah. I know him solely mm-hmm. as as Captain Holt. Yeah, it's him. Uh, William Sadler, uh, you know, is in it. Uh, he's a him. regular. He's he's been in a few uh, Darabont mm-hmm. movies. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, and then yeah, again, like the practicality is great. Um, which it's funny you mentioned that because that is actually kind of a. I don't know if it's always represented well in the movies, but that is kind of a staple of, of Stephen King. Like he likes to, you know, like 
have characters really talk through like you know solutions uh, of how they're gonna you know do this or, or that depending on, on the yeah, book that, or whatever but i love that stuff um, and obviously and this is one thing that the movie changed but the ending is phenomenal yeah. <laughs> and it's not the ending from the book this is an ending the movie right. added and stephen king's like damn i should have done that <laughs> yeah i mean it's funny thing about yeah his reputation for endings but yeah this is an example of him being like jesus yeah you went there uh and um yeah i mean it, it's super dark but it, it works uh so well <laughs> and uh it, it's and, it's such a great moment and it's it, i've heard it referred to as the counter to shawshank where shawshank's about hope <laughs> this movie's about yeah. losing hope and i just oh man, that's a good so point good. yeah yeah it's so good now uh, it, when you're putting on the list are you doing the color version or the black and white <laughs> i think it works absolutely fine as either obviously black mm-hmm. and white's cool and works for the aesthetic the movie's going for but yeah. if you watch it in color, like I did the first time I saw it, you're still going to love it. It's still going to be a oh, great Oh, yeah, time. no, it's it still definitely works. Yeah. I, I just love that option. And, um, yeah, I mean, the even though I think it still works, like, yeah, maybe some of the CGI isn't the best by today's standards, but I love having the black and white version for that because it kind of, you know, helps hide it a, a little bit. Yeah, there's a CG tentacle at one point that looks a bit iffy, but mm-hmm. uh, the movie's so good with its characters and the overall vibe of them hiding in this safe place when the, everywhere else is dangerous that it doesn't matter if the monsters don't look that great like it it, yeah. it works but they still look pretty good for what they are in this though yeah uh amazing movie um oh and the music maybe... the music track that plays in the last like five minutes which is it's not <laughs> it's not written for the movie it's like just a piece of music from somewhere else but it's really good mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Uh, I will say that the TV show is also probably one of the worst things I've ever oh, seen in my so life. Oh, shit. Didn't we do the pilot for that? Did we do that together? I think we, I think we did, and yeah. I I don't believe I continued afterwards. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't either. Uh, for the record, I didn't think you had continued. I was just... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I just... I mean, a lot of times, like, I will especially with King stuff, I'm a little bit of a completionist where I'll want to watch it to the end, and I could... I could stand that yeah of course you couldn't because it was terrible <laughs> all right that was my number 19 your number 18 tim that'd be the texas chain saw massacre from 1974 i believe that's on unhold so you're good on that front yeah i had that at number 44 you last time had this at 34 so it's actually went up for you yeah Oh yeah, uh, I mean, again, I, yeah, I think this is a stone cold classic. Uh, it's you know, I, I think it again. There's just this like dangerous, grimy element to it that you know, uh, you know, there's not a lot like it. In fact, there's probably you know <laughs> too many people that are constantly trying to recapture it. Uh, <laughs> are you making a dig at Rob Zombie, Tim? Is that what's happening right maybe. now? Maybe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it feels so, yeah, like vivid and, and scary and dangerous, um, that, yeah, I mean, I I think grimy, uh, it's, you know, the best word to describe it. Absolutely. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it it still holds up to this day and I I think there is like some like legitimately like really like great looking shots and and stuff in it. And, um, I mean, I I think we kind of mentioned it before i forget what else we were talking about but like you know there's surprisingly like you know lack of uh actual like blood and gore and chainsaw kills and yeah, stuff yeah. but like they do such a good job of hiding it that you don't really think about it no for sure it's really effective like i think the the, the, the few things that mark it down a little bit for me and don't get it higher is 
how annoying listening to the final girl scream for as long as she does <laughs> is actually <laughs> so irritating. <laughs> but <Fair. laughs> uh, no, it, like it, it leaves a mark. It feels like it like it helped create an entire subgenre. Like this mm-hmm. came before even Halloween, and it it, it kind of established mm-hmm. a few of the ideas that are that are there. And it definitely feels like a rougher draft of that type of idea as well. Mm-hmm. But that roughness is part of why it feels so effective and it works and kind of why making like glossy modern versions of Texas Chainsaw are a bit weird, but obviously there's some fun sequels and stuff, uh, depending on your taste and what type of (laughs) bad movies you like. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it's obviously it's a classic. Yeah. Not much to be said. It it is funny because I I do think it has some worthwhile sequels, but I feel like, and I think we're mostly in agreement that the, the ones we like are the ones that, people tend not to like that much yes yes we, we seem to we seem to appreciate the, don't the like, wrong people ones. do like <laughs> oh, of course yeah uh so that was your number 18 my number 18 is an unhold it's up slightly from 21 from last time and that is a nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors nice. welcome to practice yeah bitch it is <laughs> my favorite elm street movie I, obviously the first one's great but i think the third one it takes everything I like about the first and it amplifies it. It, it takes the idea of this group of characters. And what was I saying earlier? I like characters who are, who are, get practical, mm-hmm. who are proactive, who decide to try and figure out how to beat the villain. And this movie introduces a little bit of new lore to give them a chance to maybe win. And seeing them band together and try and win. And it's all these misfits who have been put away in this hospital. They're all deemed crazy because they've all in the past said that they saw Freddy or something. And they end up banding together. It's got a cool ensemble cast. It's got some memorable scenes and kills, of course. It's nice to have Heather Lionkamp back. Wes Craven like worked on the script for this one, so it feels more like a direct sequel to the first. And then John Saxon's back as well. Like, there's a lot of reasons to really love this one. He does fight a skeleton. That's very true. Um, no, I mean, yeah, this one is great. Um, re- really, I, you know, I think it's the characters that. Um, you know, make it so endearing and, and watchable and um like you know the other ones like you do have characters that are trying to fight Freddy and stuff but we don't get anything like this where it's like oh you feel like they could potentially be on like you know some even ground like um you know or they're doing stuff that could yeah give them the upper hand and then you know this is kind of like peak Freddy where he's you know still like yeah you know, he he's starting to kind of make some jokes and puns but they're not like overbearing yeah like he's not like full mtv comedy freddy yet like he still like feels a little dangerous uh which um yeah i think is kind of like the perfect mix uh for freddy yeah and the yeah, back a lot of fun the backstory you get to his origin and this mm-hmm. i mean obviously it was already dark what he was to you know because he was this kid like abductor and probably pedophile like they, they never outright sure. say it but it's just kind of implied yeah. uh but this the background of like how he was born is like so dark and just sort of adds this extra layer to how messed up he is yeah <laughs> so no it's uh that's no, great stuff uh that's my 18 what is your number 17 that would be let the right one in hold okay <laughs> that's very good yes yes uh, last time you had this at 16 so it fell one place <laughs> very good very good. Uh, my number 17 is an unhold, and it's down a little bit from 14, and that is Near Dark. Uh, nice. The Catherine Bigelow-directed vampire movie with the cast of aliens, basically. <laughs> Bill Paxton, <laughs> Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein. 
Uh, and then, of course, you got Adrian Pazdar as well in that. But it's it's a romantic vampire movie, and that's like a dirty term now because it makes you think of Twilight. <laughs> but this is this kind of like the Tangerine Dream music is kind of tranquil and dreamlike at times. Mm-hmm. It feels like a fever dream where this young guy gets bit. He's becoming a vampire, so now he's in this weird family of vampires that are that are roaming about. And that 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 story's kind of sweet and it works. Mm-hmm. The direction is really good, music and visuals are really good. But then you've got so like it's the it's the family of vampires that are so memorable, especially Bill Paxton. Holy shit! Like ev- the scene within the bar, <laughs> the scene with him in the bar, even when he's hitchhiking, almost mm-hmm. every word that comes out of his mouth has just this like delivery to it, where he's just so enigmatic. You cannot mm-hmm. not pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Like, we lost so much when he died. It is unreal so sad, yeah. how much we lost when he went because he was so charismatic. And, and I, you know what? I bet, too, he would have been one of those guys that, like, you know, not like he, you know, wasn't, like, super popular or big or anything, but it feels like he was still, you know, in that, like, kind of B, B-list character actor territory or something. I bet if, you know, he was still around, like, you know, he would have you know, someone would have put him in something and he would have really popped and he... Oh, know. like, he he was. Like, right, right before his death, he was, like, a guest star for a few episodes in the Angels <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he was great on that. Oh, nice. He, mm-hmm. you know, he'd pop up in things and he would always just be this reliable dude who... It never felt like he was phoning it in, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that was just kind of special. But he's in so many of my favourites. He's in Terminator. He's in <laughs> Aliens. He's in predator 2 he's in like so many <laughs> so many movies yeah. uh you know he worked with james cameron a lot obviously but it mm-hmm. he's just such a, a great character actor uh that i, I think you you kind of take it for granted just how good he is and it, mm-hmm. i think you realize when you watch like some you know we watch a lot of movies and we watch a modern movie and you're so oh, this is a bit bland everyone in it's a bit bland and you kind of forget that Oh no! Like these people I grew up watching were still remembered by the time I was mm-hmm. watching movies because they left such an impression because they were so good. And yeah. I think there's a lot of modern actors that, like, for whatever reason, like people are happy not having blander people in their movies, and I don't think it, it, it benefits from it. This, I mean, this might sound like an insult, and like I, I don't mean it to be, but I just I think like people are literally like too attractive in movies like you know <laughs> like like even when someone is supposed to be like you know uh, a nerd or an everyman or something they're still like the hunkiest you know like mm. person you would ever see in your life like and yeah I, I feel like that makes it very bland and, and i'm not saying that like you know someone like bill paxton or something is like unattractive but they're more like you know like they're not like a very like standard like all right here's your nah. big muscled six-pack ab guy you know he looks more unique than yeah. just typical handsome man yeah uh but yeah that's that's my number 17 what is your number 16 uh that would be the witch aka the vivich depending <laughs> how much space you put <laughs> between uh very good that is an unhold and mm. it's only down a little bit for you you had this at number nine last time okay um yeah uh, i mean i i was so i think over the moon when i when i first saw this uh again this is robert eggers joint uh and it just i I mean he just has such an attention uh to detail and i feel like a lot of times you watch other movies and it just you know when something takes place in like a different 
era and it a lot of times you know it will feel like oh this is just a modern movie that you're trying to make look like this time period or whatever like this feels like they went back in time and like the 15 or 1600s or, or whatever uh is supposed to take place and like film something there like it looks so good and uh it does such a good job of like showing you how like you know these accusations of like witchcraft and, and stuff would could spread and like how paranoia can like take over people's lives and like i mean like a few other movies on uh that we talked about earlier very much this uh repression and fear of of yeah a young woman becoming a woman and yeah <laughs> you know that that being this driving force that maybe turns her to potential witches mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh, i'm and let's be honest like one of the all-time best goats of cinema <laughs> <laughs> with black philip <laughs> sure sure although it doesn't have the eroticism of uh, hagazusa which i know is one of your favorites sure that's fair <laughs> I'll never forget <sighs> just reading a tweet from you that said, I just watched the movie for this week's screams, and I think Peter's going to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is in reference to Hagazusa, if uh, you want to go find that episode. Anyway, uh, that is your number <laughs> 16. Uh, my 16. number 16, mm-hmm. which may be an unhold. I'm not sure. Uh, it, for me, mm. it is down a couple spots from 13. And that is Bubba Hotep. Oh, uh, I think I have that like real early on. Um, yeah, that would be a really early one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you, you may continue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love this. So I just bought it on iTunes, actually. Oh, yeah, I had it at 89. Yeah. It's, this is one of those things where, I, you know, it sounds like a fun concept, but I was just expecting kind of a goofier movie. This is Don Cascarelli who directed the Phantasm movies doing this with Bruce Campbell as Elvis. If you don't know the premise of Bubba Hotep, <laughs> He plays Elvis, who's at an old folks' home. Because Elvis never died, he actually switched places with an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> and it was the impersonator who died. And he's in this old folks' home with another man who says he's JFK, but, I mean, we can neither confirm or deny if that's true. And a mummy starts sucking the souls of the people in the old folks' home. So Elvis and JFK have to team up to try and save the souls of all their fellow old-age residents. And... That sounds silly as shit. It is silly as shit. But the movie's so earnest with how it handles it. It's so endearing. It's got fantastic music composed by Brian Tyler. It's Bruce Campbell's performance as Elvis is just amazing. It's funny. It's sweet in places. It's It's got a lot of heart and doesn't... Like, well, it's obviously got a funny concept and it knows it's a funny concept. It's not taking it ultra seriously. It never belittles what it's doing. It always takes it seriously enough to be like no no you should care about what's happening and i do when i watch this movie i care about these two old bastards defending <laughs> the souls of other old age pensioners it's it works it's like it's so much better than what you think it's going to be on paper it's so good yeah i know it, it's tons of fun uh it's such a shame that like we never got a sequel because the movie literally after the credits yeah. it says like oh yeah they'll be back um and yeah, i it, it was a title it says baba nosferatu and i'm like where's yeah. that baba nosferatu ah <sighs> god it'd be so good i mean because i i could i i, I don't know I, I don't know if they ever said it but i have the suspicions that maybe like uh bruce campbell didn't get along with cascarelli or something because it, mm. it seems like it'd be a no-brainer to yeah do another one of these That's but shame. i mean yeah, I, I, I'm just speculating on that. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like uh, Bruce Campbell is just so watchable as Elvis. It's like the perfect casting. Um, 
specifically like an older kind of like out of shape Elvis. He he's really like does that so good and it's yeah so fun and funny. Uh, it's um, maybe I'll, I'll have to bump it up because it's I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I feel oh. like yeah, it could be due for a rewatch. It's so good. Would you like a ding dong? One of the best lines in cinema <laughs> history. <laughs> no, it's so good though. Like I, oh, the, there's a scene sort of in the middle where someone does die but they 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 actually die of a heart attack before the mummy gets to them and there's just like a, <laughs> oh, yeah. and there's like narration from bruce campbell where he's like but he went out guns blazing soul intact <laughs> and he says it so earnestly and i just love it i love that it's not been like hey how goofy is this concept guy you know it's not like totally killer like hey we're in the 80s guys let's yeah. do up on the 80s no it just it does it so earnestly and it's not like it's not making jokes about <laughs> them being old because it is but it it's it's just a very different way of doing it, and it just it works so I well. Think, yeah, I think it came out like at a, at a good time where like, yeah, like not everything was a, like where you, you could do something like this and and take it a bit more seriously. Where I, I I think like you're saying now, there's so much stuff that has these wacky premises, but it's always so winky to the camera. It's always yeah. like okay, oh, and the thing is like people like even if you have a stupid like concept or something like if you sell it like you can make something really cool i, I feel like nowadays um people do stuff like that but everything is just like can you believe we're doing this stupid thing yeah um, you know, no, like, i hate it i uh, i will respect you far more if you have a stupid concept and take it seriously and try to make <laughs> me care about it instead yeah. of being like hey isn't it what we're doing stupid yeah haha that's funny right i'm like it's slightly amusing but i don't care now because you're not taking it seriously yeah like if that came out today from like and it was like a mainstream movie you like every time something happened someone like would turn to like the camera and be like did that mummy just suck that guy's soul or like you know they would have like dumb lines like that you know you're so right oh my god (laughs) so many modern movies are a mistake it's it's unreal yeah baba hotep is fantastic that is my number 16 tim what is your number 15 I'm assuming this is going to be a hold. My number 15 is The Thing, 1982 version. I think you'll find that that is, in fact, a hold. Uh, you had this at number 12 <laughs> last time, so it's just a few spots down. Very good. Just a, a smidge. My number 15, uh, down from number 9, is Nosferatu from 1979. This is the Werner Herzog Ooh, okay. in Klaus Kinski Nosferatu. Uh, which is for me is is down a little bit. I did this at number ten last time, but this is a wonderfully haunting movie. It's you know it's very much about the journey of of the 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 Jonathan Harker style character. I don't remember if that's his name in the movie because there's a few names that are different. But he's traveling to meet you know Count Orlac to meet Dracula, and the build to get there feels like this epic journey on its own. And then when he gets to him, Klaus Kinski was born to play a monster <laughs> like this he just was and it really yeah. sells this idea that like when he when he comes to the, the town <clears throat> to to live that it, like it just makes everything worse it feels like the apocalypse has come and people are sad people are getting sick livestock is getting sick and it just there's just these all these haunting moments that are really great and you know it's living up to the original which is obviously known for its great shots with the shadows and all that stuff mm-hmm. and it does kind of its own take on some of that but it managed to find its own tone that feels... It's still gothic, like it's, but it feels like a different type of gothic than the original does. And I think it mm-hmm. it really nails it. It's why it's so fascinating to see what Robert Eggers does to be the, 
now the third main version of Nosferatu because I think this one for me right now is the winner of the bunch. Uh, so yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just oozing atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I remember the the first time I saw it was in this like kind of small independent theater, and I didn't really know what to expect, and I was, um, yeah, pretty surprised. It's a you know, very beautiful looking movie, and a lot of choir yeah, like said, and the soundtrack. There's a lot of like kind of. Yeah. Oh, going on? <laughs> yeah, and the, like you said, like yeah, Klaus Kinski just does such a an amazing job. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, that's a really good one. All right, what is your number fourteen? Um, I'm not not sure if you mentioned this yet. Uh, my number fourteen is Phantasm. I don't know if that was that an unhold or that is a hold. Oh, a hold. Okay. Yeah, you're holding. Well, should continue. So hold. Yes. Uh, so you will not continue. Uh, but that was your fourteen. He said. Yes. Okay. Uh, my number fourteen is an unhold, I believe, and it's up mm. for me all the way from forty-one. So it's been up even higher since last time. Mm. Is the twenty thirteen Evil Dead? I uh, yes. love yeah. Evil Dead twenty thirteen. It's my favorite I in the franchise. Six for me. Yeah, I think it's super yeah. entertaining. It's the gore and the violence is so absurdly over the top and visceral that I, I love that stuff. I think the main character is great. I think the final set pieces and like it, how it subverts what it's like, who, who it's about and then all the final stuff. And it, it kind of tries to add this mythology to the, the Book of the Dead where it's building to something. And I think that payoff is really great. I just, I, I, oh, I think, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. I love it more than the originals, which is saying something. The, I mean, I love the originals so much that I, I had such a huge chip on my shoulder going into this. I was like, I, I thought it was going to be such shit because it's just like, mm. yeah, like, and especially because at that point, you know, horror remakes weren't really no. highly regarded. <laughs> um, But yeah, I was so surprised at how good it was. Um, It is so visceral. Uh, They... You know, uh, they were so smart in the fact that they're approaching it as, you know, like, because at that point, you know, when a lot of people, yeah, I don't know if casual people are thinking about Evil Dead that much, but, you know, I feel like, you know, horror fans and stuff, when they think of Evil Dead, they think of Ash, they think of... Oh, not, the... not having Ash was the smartest thing they, they yeah, could have oh, yeah. done. Like, it... yeah, it would have ruined it. Like, um, yeah. but just going for that, okay, we're not going to... We're not gonna have Ash or or like an Ash like character and uh, and making quips and stuff, but um, instead we're kind of kind of go back and hearken to that original Evil Dead, which was much more serious and you know felt more like vibrant and violent and visceral and really just amped that up. Yeah. And it's such but, a uh, let's face yeah. it, this has more money than that ever did, and they put it to good Very use true. with yeah, the yeah. effects. <laughs> those those effects when there's things being stabbed in the eye or. Uh, mm-hmm. arms coming off or, or whatever it is it all feels really grisly and bloody and <coughs> it, it's great mm-hmm. and I, I think yeah there's no ash type character i think that's for the better um i you know i, I like jane levi i think she's great in this uh, oh but yeah yeah it, it it makes these the premise and the chaos the star as opposed to one of the leads and that's kind of true in the mm-hmm. first evil dead because ash didn't really become ash until the second movie really yes you know so I think that all makes sense. I think it's insane that this franchise has never had a bad entry. Evil Dead Rise didn't make either <laughs> of our lists, but 
like it was a good fun it's not time bad. Yeah. yeah like like i was like yeah i'm into this i could go for more of this so yeah. uh I mean, you know tv show you know maybe had a little bit ups and downs but overall was still very enjoyable yeah yeah mm-hmm. ashby's evil dead yeah um so no i, I love this uh this is i guess my my third probably final example of both an original and a remake <laughs> but to be yeah. honest this kind of feels less like a remake and more just like a a spin-off or a, a reboot sure because it, yeah it's not actually redoing the original movie and if anything evil dead rise kind of implied that rise this and the original trilogy all mm-hmm. take place in the same universe so yeah yeah that, that's a good point yeah it's uh it's kind of its own thing yeah so there you go. That is my number 14, which takes us on to your number 13, Tim. So uh, I believe this should be an unhold. That is The Cabin in the Woods. It is? Yes, very good. What did you have this at last time? Because I'm sure you did. Mm. Uh, oh, you, yeah. had, you had this at 25 last time, so this has went up for you. Oh, wow. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is just such a, a fun movie, uh, such a smart, fun concept with really likable characters. Um and yeah, I, I don't. I th- I feel like I'd heard this is one that I'd been hearing about for a while. Like I didn't know exactly what it was about, but I knew that like oh, there's like this really cool movie that a lot of people are talking about that I feel like was shelled for like years. And then when it finally came out, well, uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was a couple of years. It wasn't like you know a decade. It was. It was well, basically yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, they made that movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth, and then Thor came out, and they went shit. We've got a movie with Chris Hemsworth sitting there. Get it out. <laughs> Um, I think this goes back to actually what we were saying when we were talking about Bubba Hotep. I think this is an insane, over-the-top premise of like mm-hmm. this secret base that is engineering the events of a horror movie mm-hmm. for the gods to watch. That's the basic <laughs> premise of this movie, but it takes that part of the premise seriously. It's very funny. It pokes yeah. fun at a lot of horror tropes, but it never says, you know, like... When it wants to be funny about the concept, it'll do a like. Mm. There's a scene where two characters are having sex, and it cuts to the control room, and there's a room full of people watching her get her boobs out. Like that's <laughs> funny without it being wink, wink. We're doing a joke, you know. Like it. Yeah. The characters are hilarious, uh, and they're all hilarious by taking the concept seriously. Or like the one guy getting mad mm. that Japan's failed and saying <laughs> "f you" to the little girl who's like, you know, scared the ghost away. <laughs> yeah well yeah and it's just like it's very funny to be like like these are their job you know and to yeah. have that like that workplace kind of you know humor of like just going through the motions and treating this horrific stuff as like not to mention the know. two the two main actors here in the control room uh, bradley whitford and richard jenkins like they're great in this yeah like they're yeah uh i, I really like richard jenkins like he's another great example of like kind of like yeah like a character actor that you know, but you you see in like everything, and he always just really delivers, and yeah, does such a good job. And then, um, yeah, but then like the horror stuff is like actually cool, and I don't know, it's fun seeing the characters like figure out, and then like sometimes like succumbing to the horror stuff, sometimes mm-hmm. like subverting it and, and trying to get around it. Yeah, um, I, I think the third act is like a just like a fist pump payoff to the premise because yeah. when you realize where it's going in the final act, when you start seeing stuff, you're like. Oh, this is about to get amazing, isn't it? They, and it does. Yeah, like that one section has more like creativeness in it than probably like the entire two thousands decade of uh, horror movies. 
I believe the word is creativity, Tim. Just, creativity. Uh, to, to, <laughs> before someone in the comments gives you shit for it, I'm just going to jump in right now. What did I say? You creative. said creativeness. Oh. <laughs> I'm being creative. I'm making a new word. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, so, yeah, that was your number uh, 13, and I had it not, I had it not till I had it at 22. Uh, yeah. All right, so my number 13, which I'm not sure if this is an unhold or if it's going to be a hold. But my number 13, which is up from 24, is Hellraiser. Yeah, uh, that'd be a hold. That's a hold. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. All right. It went up for me and it's still not quite touching where yours is. <laughs> that sentence sounds bad out of context. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. What is your number 12 then? I believe this is an unhold. That would be House of the Devil. Oh, yes. Yes. Ah, that's quite a bit ago. But go on. Uh, yeah, this is one that I just feel like I keep finding myself coming back to because I just love, like, the way it looks. And, again, this is another example of, like, you know, Ty West made this movie in whatever, the two, mid-2000s, mid-late 2000s or something uh, like that. 2009, but... I believe, if I remember right. Okay, yeah. Um, but it looks like straight out of the 70s. Like, I was so impressed that, uh, and because, yeah, again, we kind of talked about that before where, like, yeah, people are like, hey, we're doing a movie in the 80s, but it just looks like a modern movie with some, you know, 80s fashion or something like this. Like, it, it feels so authentic to me, which, uh, again, like, made it so impressive. I, you know, I really love the main character. I love you know, the way it looks, the way it sounds. Uh, you know, it's a very simple premise. It's just, uh, you know, a woman in a house, basically, she's kind of hired under false pretenses to babysit what ends up being like this old person, but there's like, so much stuff that's like off-putting and weird about it and then it goes into some really cool horror places it's i just unsettling you know. i guess is the mm-hmm. best way to describe it it's just gradually yeah. unsettling now i think it's great I, that's kind of like you say the, the authenticity of feeling like it was actually made in the time period it's set and plus the just the, the build the pacing i think the only thing that lets it down is i don't think the ending's like perfect i think the ending is the weakest yeah. part but I agree. It, it's very good, and it feels like it's got a lot of foreboding <laughs> kind of atmosphere, which I really, really like. Uh, so, very good. I, I think we kind of mentioned it before. Like this, when I saw this, I was just like, "All right, Ty West is the guy." Like mm. anything this guy does, and then he, you know, just had a lot of stuff that it's not horrible, but just very, like, kind of middle of the road or forgettable. And then you know, we mentioned like X and Pearl like earlier on the list, and then it, it's glad to kind of see him. You know, bounce back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do something else. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, that was your number 12. twelve. My number twelve is an unhold, and that is Phantasm. Nice. <laughs> Didn't have to wait too long for that. Yeah, I wasn't that long ago, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The original Phantasm is like it's such a special example, along mm. with the original Halloween and Texas Chainsaw of like, here's what you can do with basically no money if you have mm-hmm. the talent if you have the skill and the determination mm-hmm. to make something effective and yeah. this movie is is very effective it's creepy it's got a great main theme tall man mm-hmm. played by angus scrims very memorable and scary and the premise which i don't want to spoil but when they kind of reveal what's going on mm-hmm. it's actually quite an out there story idea it's quite a, a oh, wild yeah. uh like concept but it's treated with this idea of just this young kid who... And I say young, he's like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. But he's 
determined to investigate this creepy tall guy that's running the cemetery and finds things that he shouldn't and it's you know something supernatural or mm. whatever and his brother doesn't believe him and it's kind of building up it's really a movie about their big brother little brother relationship the parents mm-hmm. aren't around so there's like some solid character stuff there as well on top of just all the great creepy stuff and of course the concept of the phantasm balls that fly around and all that stuff mm-hmm. really great stuff yeah uh it's so like the way i describe it is that it's dreamlike like it feels like hmm. you know you're wandering around in like this just weird like kind of dreamy nightmare atmosphere and um yeah like the tall man's great there's um yeah so many good like scenes and imagery and just like yeah just those scenes at the cemetery uh at night um, so much stuff that yeah stands out that i just find it so it, it, it's something where like yeah if i put it on i just really get sucked in because it's just beautiful and sounds great um i think one of the i, I might have seen it like earlier growing up and stuff but i remember <clears throat> they it's like jj abrams company or, or whatever like remastered it i don't know if he's just like a random fan of it or something but i um saw they, they did a, a like a remastered uh and then they, they were showing it on the, the big screen and it, it was does maybe one of my favorite like theater going experiences it was so cool yeah no that was coming in 2017 or something like that they did like a big, sounds about right yeah, yeah. No, it's this it's a haunting little movie with a really fun premise mm. that just makes so much good use of everything. And it's, it's stuff like these these low budget horror movies. It made me really sad that low budget movies these days usually look like shit. Which is which is probably why I think something like the Terrifier movies are so impressive yeah. because it's, it proves that you can still do it. And it's just that mm. most people just don't know how, and it's really sad. Yeah, and it's also just I. I guess, would you blame digital for that? Like, I mean, it's... Only partially. I don't think it's entirely yeah. that fault, but I think it's partially to blame. Uh, yeah, because it's just... Yeah, it is weird sometimes when things just, like, look like <laughs> such shit, but... Yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, that was my number 12. What is your number 11? That would be Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 version. My number 11 is also Night of the Living Dead. Oh, it finally oh. happened! Oh my god! At number eleven, we had a match. <laughs> Need like something like a, a little like ding 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 like effect or something. Uh, uh, interestingly, for you, this was up. Mm. You had it at twenty-seven last time, and for me, oh. no movement. This was eleven for me previously as well. Oh. So wild, <laughs> but yeah, you brought it up first. You 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 start. I mean, what needs to be said? I mean, it like literally invented a genre. Like they're like zombies technically existed before this, but I mean, this is like where the zombies we know of like really came from. It, yeah, it's like saying Santa <clears throat> existed before he had the red coat. Like, no, he didn't. Right. Not really. Like he did, but not really. Yeah. Um, I love. Uh, I mean, George Romero. I think is a very interesting filmmaker. Like he's done some stuff that's been not so great, but he's done other stuff that are just like oh some of the greatest movies ever made like this is just a masterpiece i mean it's another thing that's you know super low budget you know it's just something i you know think he kept up with like so so wild is how many of these best horror movies of all time were made with no budgets in the 60s Mm -hmm. 70s and 80s like it's so wild how many of them (laughs) fit that description yeah uh but i mean it's so good there's you know whether I i don't know if 
he necessarily intended it or not. There's like a great like you know social commentary to it. Uh, yeah, he absolutely did. Um, like there was social commentary even before he cast the lead role. But they knew that once they cast once they cast the black mm-hmm. man, both him and the actor realized, oh, this is going to like add uh, even yeah. more to the story. And so like they they knew like they knew what they yeah. were doing. I, I think this was referring to because you always hear him say like, oh, like yeah, we didn't cast this like guy because he was black or whatever. He it was just the best person for the role. Uh, which, but I mean, yeah, it's not like they didn't necessarily understand what that meant or you know what the messages would be coming from that. But I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff to glean from that. And then, yeah, I mean, there's just lots of cool, like, zombie stuff. Uh, like, you know, I, I love a, you know, movie where you have to, you know, secure your location and, you know, try to stop people from getting in. And then, of course, you know, the what's more dangerous, the people outside or the people that are inside with you. And they're, they're, yeah, so much great stuff in it. And it still holds up, still looks great, still fun to put on. Fantastic. No, it's uh, very effective. It's very creepy. It's a siege movie, which is always fun. It mm. the character dynamics and how certain characters treat one another is very telling, without ever just outright saying, you know, what the the social issues are, which I think is really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending, of course, is very stark and <coughs> is very iconic mm. because of that. People really remember that the way they, the Living Dead ends, but it's just again, it's this idea of like. You get glimpses and hear things on the news about what what's going on in the larger world without them ever really being able to show any of it. But that makes it kind of so effective as you just kind of have to imagine it because our our entire focus is this one farmhouse and that's it. Yeah. We never go anywhere else. So, yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, that was also my number 11, which means we're on. And believe this, we're on the top 10 now. So Tim, Oof. what is your number ten? Uh, so the, yeah, I believe this is an unhold. That would be Evil Dead, nineteen eighty one. Oh sure, yeah, definitely. Uh, so did did you have this last time? Let's find out. Oh, I had to have. Yeah, you had this at twenty one last time, so it's up a little bit. Yeah, and I think this is something that I, you know, it, it I, I I understand sometimes why I feel like it, it might be overshadowed by some of the sequels and stuff, which are you know, very memorable and have like cool parts. But the more I watch it, the more I kind of feel drawn to it as just this great little piece of, you know, DIY filmmaking. Like again, another example of just, you know, very committed people that wanted to make a movie that, you know, are working on a micro budget, but what they're able to do with it is just really impressive. And, um, you know, this one is just more straight up horror versus, you know, some of the stuff we see in the sequels, um, you know, uh, obviously not including, you know, the 2013 version, but, uh, you know, this is, it's, uh, I, I feel like very creepy, uh, you know, I, it, and it almost seems like creepier to me, like kind of having that low budgetness to it, like just like some of the makeup and stuff on, on their face, like the way, uh, it, it looks is kind of off putting, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a super, you know, tight, effective horror movie. And yeah. again, I think it's a really like the kind of DIY spirit to it that holds it in like very high regard for me. Yeah, I think the deadites are much creepier than this than they are in two, and definitely three. Mm-hmm. I mean, three they're not even trying to be creepy at that point, right? Yeah. But like, I, I think the when when the sister becomes like the first deadite and she starts, you know, mm-hmm. talking about you know taking their souls and it just mm-hmm. it, it the performance from her is so good. 
it maybe gets a little overshadowed actually because when you think Evil Dead, you think of Ash and you think of yeah. where it goes. But the sister in the first movie, Cheryl, like she has to do the timid sister who's scared. She has to go through all of the traumatic mm. stuff. Everyone remembers the scene with the tree. Uh, and Ooh, then yeah. she gets to be the, the first and main deadite, which, you know, mm. she's not the only one, but she has a lot of the memorable moments as a deadite because of that. Uh, and it's actually insane because this movie probably has way more effects than any other of these low-budget movies we're talking about because there's a mm-hmm. lot of chaos in the cabin when the deadites start getting violent <laughs> and the fighting back and... Like, they have to put a lot of effort into it. And again, yeah, like you say, it feels like this determined little can-do attitude movie that I've appreciated more over time to the point where now I do definitely like this more than two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, your taste may vary just depending on what you appreciate from these movies more. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Really, I mean, again, it's like the... Like you are kind of saying before with the franchise, there hasn't really been a bad entry. Like, I... Anyone... I mean... I, I, I would be maybe a little surprised if someone picked Rise as their favorite entry, but I mean, other than that, though, like any other one that someone picks as their favorite, I wouldn't, you know, be surprised. I at. I'm like, oh yeah, I... I can totally see that. Yeah, I even think I'd be surprised though. I mean, it's not my favorite. My favorite is 2013, mm-hmm. but I think they all have merit. They all have something Absolutely, going for yeah. them that not only any of them would surprise me because I would just be like, okay, so these themes, like they click with you more than any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I would get it. Yeah, like it would make sense to me. So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, that's your number 10. My number 10 mm. is the original, and this is uh, down from number five last time, and that is Black Christmas. Oh, nice. Mm. You may continue. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, some people call this the original slasher movie. It's the same year mm-hmm. as Texas Chainsaw, and arguably, out of this and Texas Chainsaw, it probably had more of a direct influence on Halloween than mm. out of the two. Uh but it's, you know, it's Christmas break, it's a sorority house, and someone named Billy's leaving obscene phone calls, and they are very obscene. Uh, but he's also <laughs> killing people throughout the movie. And it's got John Saxon in it, there's that name again. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think this is a Canadian movie, so no, I take it back. Ginger Snaps is not the best Canadian oh. <laughs> movie, because Black Christmas is much higher. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a really interesting vibe. It's you know, it's this very different time period. It's the winter, it's Christmas. It's that mm-hmm. time of the year where a lot of the people are away from home for Christmas. So the only people who are left are the ones who don't have families to go to. So it's kind of the, the mm-hmm. leftovers. So it feels like they're more vulnerable because there's less people around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a, not a movie where you've got a killer with a mask who everyone like thinks of as an icon. This is very intentionally mm-hmm. someone who... Yeah, we get a name, but it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, we never really know who he is or where he comes from or, or anything like that. I mean, the horrible remake tried to answer all that <laughs> shit, but obviously not something that uh, I was fond of. But uh, yeah, I love Black Christmas. I think it's a effective movie from Bob Clark, who went on to do A Christmas Story, which is a very different Christmas movie. It's just a extremely, a very interesting career. Like, he's done some amazing horror movies and also like some of the most like you know kid friendly <laughs> kind of movies like uh very very interesting I'm, I'm curious what his uh headspace there is um but uh, i mean i i agree I, I, this movie is very unsettling um i like that the killer is actually does feel like scary and violent versus you know a, a lot of other christmas horror i feel like is just kind of automatically campy mm-hmm. like 
I, I there's a lot of Christmas horror movies I love, but they usually fall into the, you know, just maybe they're like a little cheesier or fun or, or whatever. But this is like the legitimate like, you know, Christmas horror movie. Yeah, this like, doesn't feel like, like oh, that. It's actually yeah. scary and dark and. Yeah, it feels it's got kind of a cool tone to it. It's hard to kind of mm-hmm. describe specifically what it is. It, it does feel like. Because you know quite early, this is not a spoiler for the movie, that you know the killer's actually hiding in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that vibe that it sets up right at the start just sort of lingers the entire time. And you know that no matter what they're doing, they're never actually safe. Uh, and that vibe mm-hmm. throughout really helps it a lot. So, no, Black Christmas is great. Uh, my number 10. Tim, what is your number 9? Uh, probably be a, a big disagreement <laughs> with it. Oh. This is probably the the one in my top ten that would be the one that we would disagree the most on. But uh, my number nine is Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I I absolutely love this movie. I I uh, I Dracula itself, I think, is just a, a perfect horror story. Uh, I, by the way, Tim, this is a new entry. You did not have this last time. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> I well that kind of makes sense because I feel like I I saw it at some point in the '90s when it came out, but I feel like it was the last couple of years that I rewatched it like a couple of times with friends and, and stuff that I've grown to appreciate it more. But I um again I, I'm just a huge fan of, of Dracula in general. I, I think it's a perfect horror story. I think you know it's something you can easily do like multiple versions of and stuff and there's some that have been amazing and great and some that have been horrible probably a lot more on the horrible side but you know when they do get it right or do something interesting with it i think it really hits and um this i just think has so much cool like little camera tricks and stuff to it i think it's really beautiful like looking uh, movie like I, I love the costumes i love a lot of the you know, special effects and makeups uh i i mean really the only thing that dings it for me uh you know is some of the casting like i love keanu and, and, and stuff but he's very clearly not right for the movie like uh which, which is a shame because otherwise i, I think a lot of it is just firing a, on cil- all cylinders um but yeah i, I really dig it <laughs> Yeah, um, I hated this when I saw it. I thought it didn't. I thought the pacing was far too quick. It was running through a checklist of things that were in the book without actually giving any of the feeling or atmosphere that they had. So yeah, I wasn't into it. And yeah, I'll just leave. I'll just leave it at that. Although this is making me realize that I never really considered the Hammer Dracula, and I'm thinking that maybe I should have because I actually quite like that one. Oh, <laughs> oh well, oh well. We we never did on the show, huh? This one? This one, no. We never did this one on no. the show. Probably because every time the thought came up, I was like, eh, no. <laughs> I know one day we'll have to. Like, I'm, I'm not yeah. delusional. It'll have to happen. Mm-hmm. But the longer also, I can put it off, the mm-hmm. happier I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I, I think just one of the like most beautiful pieces of art is the, um, the Mike Mignola drawn... Uh, comic book adaptation because I, I think oh, okay uh, I now, now i'm getting why you like this <laughs> because the hellboy guy did a comic book of it it, it's, uh, it looks so good and i don't know if he I, i'm not sure if he just did the comic or if maybe he did some of the storyboard or, or design stuff on there because a lot of like the costumes and stuff look like perfect for his style mm. but um yeah hey maybe if the if the movie doesn't work for you maybe check out the comic book because it's just absolutely gorgeous all right, my number nine's an unhold. 
and it is down a little bit from number six from last time, and that is The Thing. John Carpenter's Ooh. The Thing, to be mm. precise. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of weird when you get to this top ten, because it's like, these are all classics. Like, what, what else can right. I add yeah. to these? The movie <laughs> has got a phenomenal setting. They're trapped in their base in the Arctic. It's surrounded by nothing but harsh cold that will kill them, but they're trapped with something, something that is... Mm effectively replacing them one by one no one knows who's already been taken so it's this ultra bottle movie this ultra paranoia and there's so many things that are sort of brought up and set up for later with like okay we have these supplies we have these gas cans we have a chopper oh no no we don't or like (laughs) and then on top of that you've got just this legendary set of practical effects where the movie just does all these wild things with amazing yeah right? when the when the thing's blood reacts to something it'll sort of become a spider head or mm. it'll become something or <laughs> i won't spoil it but there's a scene with an autopsy that mm-hmm. you know really sticks out in my head plus great music i mean kurt russell and uh keith david phenomenal like like it's just it's oozing so much atmosphere it's- yeah, I mean, it's just cool. Like, yeah, like I, I don't know how else to describe. I mean, it. like, it's the Arctic. The characters Tim. are cool. Of course, it's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but no, it's just like everything is just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it, it's cool. I, I like these guys. I like the effects are so awesome, and it's just uh, again another one of those like, you know, movies where if you're just laying around on Sunday, don't know what to do with yourself, and it pops up or something like it's on TV or whatever. You just really get sucked yeah, in, and, uh, like, yeah. and you know, you said they're cool, and they are, but like that's in spite of the fact the stupid hat that Kurt Russell wears early on. It's like the most <laughs> stupid movie hat I've ever seen. But I think there's something so simple that I always love in movies about the safe space that's being defended mm-hmm. from what's apparently dangerous. And obviously, in this movie, it turns out the dangerous things inside with them. But, you know, that's what Night of the Living Dead is. It's what, like, certain mm-hmm. parts of other movies are, where you've got, like, a safe area that they can barricade and there can be, like, a siege-like thing or something. Uh, often movies that are set in, like, a mansion on a stormy night have that vibe because the danger's outside and we're trying to stay safe inside. Like, that vibe is just so cool. And it's only amplified when the outside is the harsh arctic you know weather mm-hmm. right that because it's like the most extreme weather on earth basically so yeah uh love that stuff love it it's just mind-boggling that like it wasn't well received <laughs> when it came out it's it, like what <laughs> also i love the idea that they're encountering this alien entity and <coughs> what is probably the most alien place on earth like for most people they'll yeah. never experience a place like this it's like the most different you can find for any mm-hmm. climate i mean maybe if you live in like I don't know, like, north of Canada will be similar to what you're used to, but not a lot of people are living up there for obvious reasons, so. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful, it's fantastic, it's the thing. All right, Tim, what was your number eight? Uh, so I think this is on a hold, uh, I could be wrong, but I think you mentioned it earlier, but my number eight is Juan the Grudge. Oh yeah, I had this a while back, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, again, you know, kind of talked a lot about oh, having that. Uh, did you not have this last time? Uh, that'd be very surprising. I, I thought I did, but I mean... Maybe I maybe just I forgot to write down the note, because you... you, Yeah, this would be weird for you not to have this last time, because I, I... Yeah, okay, go on, go on. I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I had it, like, at least top 
10 or 10 I, I must have just well, not but, noted down the number when I was get, noting all your last <laughs> entries down. I must have just missed it because you definitely <laughs> had this last time. There's no way you didn't. Uh, I might still have my list. I am looking up. But uh, yeah, but uh, no, this is, uh, again, we talked about that kind of that sweet spot of the, you know, uh, influx of like, you know, Japanese horror movies uh, in the kind of early mid 2000s and stuff. And I remember watching this for the first time and just being blown away. And as someone who has watched so many horror movies and, you know, really it's almost like impossible, you know, to get scared of them, you know, at this point, like this is one that still creeps me out. I think it's one of the most effective, like, I don't it's kind of it feels me kind of weird calling it a haunted house movie because it's not like people are just constantly in the house the whole time but no. you know but it kind of is like a haunted house movie like in a well, way because like it's, it's a cursed house as the yeah, better way yeah. of putting it because that's literally what it <laughs> that's is a good, yeah. yeah um but i mean it, it, i think it's just so effective and so creepy and just like you know uh, like just a way of like showing ghosts and stuff that are i just you know, had never really seen before and it's the the way they kind of work and interact is so like kind of weird and alien that it, it just it feels very creepy to oh me yeah and, my, uh, my favorite uh, quote from the movies uh, <laughs> i'd never forget it such yeah. a good line <laughs> very good <laughs> no it's just like because the, the, the original movie is almost like an anthology of just different people who come into contact with the house it's a good way to put it yeah. and they're like it's like three or four stories and they're very memorable i think the, the middle one because it's like the idea is that if you go into that house it's kind of linked to you no matter what and mm-hmm. when it follows someone home effectively in one of the middle stories i think you know it's mm-hmm. like there's moments in the elevator i think that's also mm-hmm. the one that ends with the bed scene and all, yeah. all those mm-hmm. moments are you know people like I feel like if if you're with someone who's a bit like can't handle horror movies, the bed scene is mm-hmm. the one that's going to really mess them up for the night. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like I, I just love that. The, like, yeah, there's no safe place you can be. Like, like yeah, if you if you go in that house, you're screwed. Yeah. Uh. So no, I think it's very effective. I think it's a really good movie. It's one of those. I saw the remake first and enjoyed the remake. The first one or the original one is better. Yeah. Uh. There's, the, there's some movies in this franchise I've not seen though because I've not seen John the Curse or anything like that or, or John Black I, Ghost, John White Ghost, and all these other yeah. things. It, it's one of those weird ones where like you don't realize it, but like yeah, there's like eighteen <laughs> like Japanese movies or whatever. Like yeah, and most of them probably um, suck, but yeah, you sometimes got to find like, out. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think like some of them are like uh were like made for tv and stuff too mm. like the, the, like the the first one might have actually been like a, a tv movie or a tv special or something like that I, I do think um, the, the curse one and two we, we should get mm. to it so because they came first so it feels weird yeah. not to get to them at some point but <clears throat> i'd be down yeah we should we should we should uh all right that was your number eight my number mm-hmm. eight is an unhold unsurprisingly at this point and that is mm. uh up one spot from number nine that is let the right one in nice which is the best <laughs> vampire movie ever made and i will hold my ground on that mm-hmm. it's so good because the horror of it is like obviously it's got a creepy vibe and you've got this this vampire who looks like a kid because they were turned into a mm-hmm. vampire as a child and you've got them forming this friendship with someone and there is like threats to people that the vampire sort of like 
deals with throughout the movie but the real horror of it is when you stop and think about what the movie's actually about and what's actually happening as this friendship unfolds and mm-hmm. it's kind of sweet in, in a weird way but it's almost <laughs> deceptively sweet and i think it just handles everything so well and it's the setting you know it's, this is another movie in, in the snow it's you know it's, it's a sweden mm-hmm. it's a swedish movie obviously but it's just, it's sweden mm-hmm. at a time of year where everything's got snow and it just it gives it this vibe and the main character the mm-hmm. kid oscar is such a you know he's an outcast he gets bullied he doesn't really have any friends so he really finds someone in eli the vampire to to really feel like he has someone and it's kind of a tragedy when you stop and think about it, but you kind of want to get caught up in the sweetness of it as well as it's going. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very impressive. Like I love, um, the way a lot of the time the camera just like lingers on like, you know, some creepy stuff or violent stuff that is happening, like, as opposed to, you know, other movies where the instinct might be to like, okay, like, you know, uh, vampires attacking someone, let's do like some quick close-ups and show them struggling and stuff. Like a lot of times, like the camera will just be far away and you'll just see it happening. And it like makes it feel like, you know, like more realistic or something where it's just like, you're looking at this world and stuff is just like happening in it. And I just think that's so cool. And such like a, you know, confident filmmaking, like it's really, really, really well done. Yeah. And the, the remake, you know doesn't do as well with some of these moments where there's like cg added and stuff like that although yeah. to be fair the remake does have a fantastic scene that's not in the original there's a scene that car in the remake that's very memorable but the original is just head and shoulders above it in every other way yeah. like there's, there's nothing to even compare them i think um yeah it, it's not like the worst remake in the world but no yeah, I mean, you're doing a disservice if you you know aren't checking out the original it, it's just it just feels useless because it doesn't do anything that makes it feel like you should watch it instead of this one and right yeah this yeah. one's just so perfect that i just <laughs> i can't imagine ever going back to the remake when i could watch this instead whereas yeah. you know some other remakes that i've said i like are different and they don't really try to replace the original or and most of the ones that try to replace the original tend to suck or tend to not work. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's my number eight. What is your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Creepshow. I ah. I imagine I, I must have had it on my list previously. Yeah, you had it at number 15 last time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just... There's so much about this movie that like feels like it's like tailor-made for me. Like... um it's a collaboration between Stephen King and George Romero who are doing like a love letter to EC comics. Uh, so it's, you know, it's dark and funny and has good practical effects and also has this like very comic booky vibe, which I'll, which is what I'm totally about. And I, I really love it. It's, you know, I, I think, it's an anthology movie where like no segment is bad. Like I, there's definitely ones that like, you know, that I, I like more than others, but they're all like very, like endlessly watchable. To I, me. I think there's one or two that I don't mm-hmm. like that much, but I agree. There's some good ones. So, but yeah. there you go. I mean, yeah. How, how can you beat like Stephen King just playing like this weird hick, uh, it's uh so so much fun i don't know i just endlessly endlessly love this movie yeah i mean i enjoy it uh, but it's not like top 100 material for me mm-hmm. 
but it's yeah. a little bit of a and yeah it's a little bit more of a niche pick for me like i i think it's something that's you know a lot of horror fans like but yeah i don't think that that's that many people that be like oh yeah it's like you know one of my favorites or whatever but it, it's just mm. something that really speaks to me and it's hitting on like a lot of like my different interests like and all at the same time so I, I just have it in high regard cool all right well my number seven is a new entry <gasps> My number seven is Terrifier 2. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim's cat does not approve with all that. Oh, look at this. No. Jumping back and forth. Uh, Terrifier 2 was just such a special experience to me. Uh, you know, I love Terrifier 1. It was earlier in my list. But Terrifier 2 was like, okay, this is just instantly one of your new favorites because it, the vibe that it goes for, I think Art is such an entertaining villain. <laughs> he feels like a new character that's been added to the pantheon of like horror villains that just he's just now there with them and it feels like he was always there <laughs> i think the final girl is awesome i think the lore that the movie sort of subtly puts in that's sort of there and sprinkled to connect to the first movie and the first appearance of art in a movie i i, I love talking about it i love the theorizing mm-hmm. i love the way like you sort of feel this bigger backstory building that you know and the third one being set at Christmas is so perfect. Like, I cannot wait for <laughs> Terrifier 3. Um, but this also has maybe the funniest kill in movie history. At least mm-hmm. the funniest in the sense that it's funny because it keeps going so long and so brutally that it oh, becomes yeah. hilarious. It's so mean. <laughs> and I love it. Art is a guy who loves what he does. And what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> uh I love all that. I I love the vibe. I love a lot of the soundtrack that's in there. There's like some midnight tracks that are really good. Um, it just, it nails something that just feels like it is in many ways made just for me. To quote what you just said about Creep Show, <laughs> it feels like it's made just for me in so many ways. So I love it. And uh, instantly just goes very high in my list. Um, I can't wait for, for three. Yeah, I, I was really surprised by this. I, I liked it a lot, and I, in particular, I love just how much like weird lore is being added to it, and I'm really interested to see where it goes. I think I do need to maybe watch it just at least one more time mm-hmm. like before I would maybe add it to the list, uh, but I, I was really surprised and impressed with it as well. Yeah, yeah. I love all. I was I was sort of like, okay, where am I putting this? I know it's going reasonably high already. And I was like, I was sitting comparing it and thinking, you know what? I think it goes this high. Wow. Uh, so that's Terrifier 2. Number six, Tim, what you got? Uh, it's going to be an unhold. My number six is Hellraiser. Hellraiser? That's a very different movie than I think you were meaning to say. Um, Hellraiser, Hellraiser for you. 1987 version. Well, I was I was assuming as much, Tim. I don't think you had to tell me. The... I just I, I like to be accurate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for you, this was thirty two last time. Oof! So that's quite a jump up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this is another one where I feel like over the last couple of years I've been watching it more and more, especially around Halloween season. I just think it is a pretty much like perfect horror movie it's a unique you know, horror movie i think as well which is really special yeah like i really can't think of like much else like it like it is um and it's so interesting because it's like i feel like you know it's not really what people think of when they think of hell hellraiser because the thing is like, oh yeah that's the movie where you know that pinhead guy comes and kills you and it's like no that's not what it's about <laughs> at all um yeah it, it you know they are and, and they're such great characters but they're 
they're this is you know they're used so effectively in this movie because they are very much not the point <laughs> you know they're mm-hmm. just kind of like this other thing that shows up but i mean this is you know another one that just has lots of really cool fun lore between yeah. the puzzle box and the centibites and um it's also like you know very sexy which you know is something that i feel like uncle frank know. wants a kiss to me. <laughs> um but i mean yeah it's just something that, like you know not that i'm like every movie needs to be sexy or anything but i just feel like you know that there's there's kind of not as much sex in movies as we mm. see anymore um and yeah and it feels like dangerous and weird and uh, so much cool stuff about it yeah uh it's interesting because you know you went from 32 to 7 and i went mm-hmm. from 24 to 13 so it actually went up a reasonable amount for both of us mm. and notably we did it on the show between this time and last time we did this list so i think it for mm-hmm. both of us it's, it's risen um yeah uh, both of them, we obviously clearly both liked it a lot already anyway but with this we, we've both went up and i think it does hold up and i think when you watch it again and you remember how unique it is it doesn't follow a conventional plot this movie is about an evil woman who <laughs> was having an affair with her husband's brother who <laughs> is bringing home people for him to kill because he's technically being killed and he's like a skinned like demon that's living in the attic (laughs) and she's luring home men with the promise of sex for him to kill so he can like consume their life force and gradually become more human again and Mm. sure enough like that's what the movie's doing and it goes Mm. places it's it's got great practical effects it's got such a seedy vibe because it is kind of sexy and weird uh -hmm. it feels like it is you know i think the fact that the the center bites which is what pinhead is are kind of like their S&M outfits. I think that's not a mistake or an accident. <laughs> that is very much an intentional yeah. vibe that it's going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's linking pain and pleasure. And I mean, hell, that's what using the box does. It. It's, it's the ultimate pleasure, which is pain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what they're doing. So, no, Hellraiser is a wonderfully unique, one of a kind. And uh, none of the yeah. sequels have, have got close to it. Even the couple that no. I think are, are good, I don't think have gotten close to it. And yeah. the new one was sadly very disappointing to me. <sighs> yeah, it's very sad. So, yeah. So that was your six, I believe? Six. My number six, which is uh, up a couple spots <coughs> from number eight, is The Shining. All right, hold. The fact that you're telling me hold at six is, is something. <laughs> like We're getting to that point now where there's not a lot of places it could be now, but uh, fair enough. All right, Tim, what's your number five? My number five is Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was your number five, uh, which was... Uh, oh, you had this at 17 last time. Ooh. So, very good. Uh, my number five is up two spots from number seven, and it is It Follows. Oh, okay, so unhold. It's always on hold. You said this already. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, much like Terrifier 2. So Terrifier mm. 2 is kind of the, the first movie of this decade. It's just instantly, okay, this is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It Follows was that for last decade. Like for the 2010s, mm. there's a lot of great horror movies, right? It was actually a really great decade for horror because we, we did our top 50 <laughs> of the decade. We had tons to pick from. There was tons of stuff we liked. But It Follows was the, th- was the thing that instantly just shot to like, no, I love this. I 
this premise, this vibe, the music from Disaster mm-hmm. Artist, the premise which sounded stupid on paper mm-hmm. leads to so many great John Carpenter-esque moments where it's just looking for a, like anything that's coming to work. Like, there's a scene where she sits in the mm-hmm. swing set and just looks around and this thing could be following her from anywhere. And if you don't know the premise, it's, you know, she has sex with someone and he is passed on a curse where this ghost-like entity will follow her no matter what and if it gets to her, it will kill her. And it just keeps coming. And she can run, she can keep running, but it will always follow. And the whole thing's an analogy for uh, sexual awakening and the idea that like once you lose your innocence, it's gone forever. So it's, it's saying something, it's got, it's got a subtext, but it's also just this really well-directed movie with great cinematography. And on top of all that, it has that thing that I was talking about earlier. It has that Dream Warriors thing that, you know, we can think of other examples. Mm-hmm. It's got characters being proactive and saying, okay, this is what we know about this thing. Maybe we can beat it by using this. Maybe we can do something about it. And, you know, so I, I, I love the all, the all the problem solving of trying to get around it. And even just like early on, the character trying to convince her friends that this is a thing that's happening. And, you know, like uh, it's a great big leap for the movie when it gets to that point where they see something that does kind of oh shit there is something supernatural happening here mm-hmm. we have to help her uh yeah love it yeah no, i mean it's absolutely fantastic and um yeah the just immediately after watching it, it's just like oh like this is doing something that yeah it just feels so new and unique and like you know the the soundtrack and the cinematography, like it all works so well together that such makes such a unique, satisfying experience. And yeah, this is something I can watch like over and over again. Um, and which I, I, you know, a lot of times, sometimes, or (laughs) sometimes with these like newer movies, um, even when I like them, it's kind of like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm saying newer, but even though it's however many years old now, but, um, you know, like when you're older, a lot of times when you watch (laughs) Tim, when the sequel comes out next year, it'll be 10 years old. It's which, uh, it, it doesn't feel like that. It, it's that old. Like it, it feels like it's only like a couple of years old, but yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. to be fair, by the time it was out publicly, it was actually early 2015, but it's listed as a 2014 mm-hmm. movie. So technically it'll be 10 yeah. years old when the sequel comes out. But I mean, even around that time though, like, I feel like you don't have as much time to rewatch like, you know, newer stuff uh, when it comes out. So was, mm. there's a lot of, like, newer stuff that's like, well, yeah, I liked it when I saw it, but uh, maybe I need to watch it more again. Uh, I feel like I've watched this a, a ton, though, because it's just such a, a comfort movie because, yeah, it, I, there's just so much to like about it. And, again, the soundtrack is just awesome. And, um, yeah, and it, it's another thing where they just find a really simple, easy thing to do, like, just random people following you but they make it so creepy like yeah, yeah I, and no one else can see them that's the other big thing here is that oh, yeah. it, it makes her feel like she's alone because no one mm-hmm. else can see this threat yeah yeah so good uh, so cool i'm very interested to see what the the sequel will be like next year i love that i love that they've done the aliens thing where it's they follow and i'm like oh yeah. shit <laughs> how many how many are following come on now <laughs> But yeah, uh, can't, can't wait to see what that is. It's such a bizarre... It doesn't need a sequel. It's a complete standalone movie, but mm-hmm. the fact that it's the same director and the same actor coming yeah. back makes me go, okay, well, I, you must have some idea that you want to do. So I'm, I'm very curious, yeah. but... 
And I mean, I don't really know much about the director, but it doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would just phone it in and make something that's not like interesting. <laughs> yeah, it like... doesn't seem like that. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Tim. What you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this will be an unhold, and that is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, forget, I forgot to write the the date down, but obviously I'm talking about the original, Na- nineteen eighty four. <laughs> Tim, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... not the horrid remake. <laughs> you, 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 you fool. Uh, you mm-hmm. are. Uh, up from number seven last time. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another one where I, I feel like it's just like it, it's like a perfect horror movie. Like it's such an insanely good premise. And I, again, like I love stuff that deals with dreams and like I love dream logic and the idea of having a horror villain like that can invade your dreams uh, and manipulate it in such a way. It just makes it just endless possibilities for so many cool effects and kills and and things that you can do and accomplish. And, uh, I mean, it's a shame that, you know, it feels like the franchise is just kind of dead or I don't know, in in limbo or something. Cause uh, I would love to see like one more entry, especially with, you know, Robert England. Uh, I I think that's the thing. Once England was done playing the role, I think that's, you know, you realize that this isn't like the other ones that you can keep going with someone else playing the character, which is why since I learned recently that they actually didn't hire Robert England for the second one. Originally they wanted the studio wanted to cheap out and just use a stunt man. And then they shot some of the footage and went, Oh no, we need Robert England. Yeah. (laughs) yeah i mean mm-hmm. he, he just embodies the, the character so much and yeah there's so much freaky dream stuff and uh in the cat like the cast is really great like you know nancy is a great final girl and um yeah you know america's bad boy uh <laughs> is, is in there too uh, you, you, just, you just described johnny depp as america's bad boy i, tell him, I don't think i can get on board with that okay, okay go on <clears throat> But hey, I mean, uh, of course, so we got Saxon, uh, <laughs> Saxon coming back. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, lot, lots of really cool stuff. But yeah, I yeah, I mean, as, as much as I credit E3 with having the proactive characters, I mean, Nancy does do that in this one. Nancy thinks of mm-hmm. how do I fight this, this, this thing that only comes from me in my dreams. She thinks of rules yeah. that she can bend or break. She considers her options and... This idea, that, again, much like I was saying with It Follows there about how the character's kind of on her own with this because she, no one else can see the threat. She's on her own. He, like her, her mother doesn't understand why she has to stay awake. She has to hide the fact that she's taking mm-hmm. caffeine to not fall asleep. And I think that's actually one of the things that's very relatable about the movie is that we can all understand what it looks like to feel tired. So when she's like trying mm-hmm. desperately to stay awake when it's really difficult, we can all sympathize with that. We all know what it's like mm-hmm. to feel like we've not had sleep. So... Yeah. So it's effective. And, and everyone's had a, a nightmare, you know, like it's, and you're, you're absolutely trapped. Like there's nothing, you know, like, yeah, you can't just wake yourself up, you know, you know every time, like, mm. you know, something bad happens or whatever. For sure. For sure. All right. That was your number four. <laughs> My number four, which was also number four last time is Psycho, the original mm-hmm. film. Uh, is this an on hold or do you just not have this? <laughs> I did not have it. <laughs> but you had Bram Stoker's Dracula, you absolute monster. I don't even... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sickened, quite frankly, Tim. Uh, no, so Hitchcock's Psycho, in many ways, was the first modern horror movie. And you're saying, <clears throat> it's from 1960. That's ancient. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's ancient now. 
But here's the thing. This was the first big horror movie that wasn't set at a castle in Europe. It wasn't a vampire mm. or something. This was the first horror movie that was set in present-day, modern-living America. It's a motel. It's modern ideas for the time. And it was shocking. It was the first film to ever feature a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird fact about it but it or the first american film i'm, I'm sure some foreign films were all about the toilet seats but uh yeah. L- you know uh la toilet la toilet <laughs> from from france the, the 1938 classic uh-huh. uh but it, it's obviously it's got that effective thing where it's like the first half is just a, a traditional hitchcock thriller and it almost feels it by design because he, he knows that people... And I know he based it on a book, so I don't know how much of this is from mm-hmm. just the book, but it's almost perfect in the sense that people went to see it at the time expecting a Hitchcock thriller, and this woman steals some money, she goes on the run, and like, yeah, this is a Hitchcock movie. And then you hit halfway through where she just runs into someone who's disturbed, and it results in the famous shower death scene, <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, this isn't just a Hitchcock thriller like we thought it was. This is something else. You know, it's almost like what From Dust Till Dawn does in a weird way. You know, it's it's a very similar mm-hmm. kind of idea. And that first half and the build-up and the performance from Perkins as Norman Bates is phenomenal. And then where it goes is very entertaining. Um, people, I think, remember the first half more than the second half. But some of the stuff in the second half where the, the private investigators try to look around the house is very tense and has a great finale to it. Uh, it's really great stuff. Like it's just it's full of iconic moments. It's it, it in many ways a lot of horror owes so much to Psycho. So, yep. Were you looking at me for a tip? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the granddaddy of all modern horror, Tim. You have to respect it. <laughs> well. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your granddaddy and what does it do? It wears its mother's clothing and kills tourists. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your number three? My number three is a little movie called Alien. Hold! Okay. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, you had this at number three last time as well. Oh. Fancy that. Nice. Fancy Synchronistic. that. I've got a good feeling I know what your number one and two are based on what you had last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. My number three is also number three last time. Uh, honestly, I'll just I'll just say it right now. My top four are exactly the same movies as last time. Uh, but Riveting. <laughs> number three is Dawn of the Dead, the original, obviously. Oh, Unhold. <laughs> yes, Unhold. Uh, it's Night Eleven Dead is fantastic. Mm. Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. somehow took that concept and just gave it this layer of fun and it made mm-hmm. it this sort of like it took that idea of like a micro society and explored it in this way where it's these four characters who make life in a, in a mall right and obviously it's commenting on mm-hmm. consumerism and capitalism and all these things and the idea of what we consider to be important but it also does this thing where the characters go through this journey of thinking they've found this paradise because it's a mall but then that sort of breaks down over the course of the movie but it's got a lot of fun mm-hmm. stuff as well like them clearing out the mall and trying to find a way to like get rid of all the zombies so they can just live there it's a fun ass like like chunk of the movie where they're just sort of mm-hmm. like again they're problem solving they're thinking things through they're how do we logistically do this 
and that stuff's mm-hmm. really fun and i wouldn't quite say it's the aliens to alien in the way that well alien is but i do think there's an idea of like it is bigger than the first one it does feel like mm-hmm. we've got characters here who do have some weapons who are not as scared of the zombies even though they're they're a threat and they take them seriously but they're treating them as if like oh, this is an obstacle we can get past as opposed to just being scared and like oh god what do we do that a lot of the characters in the first movie are and i think that's uh an interesting spin and then obviously all the chaos at the end and all that stuff no i i mean i think this is you know like how you do a sequel like you have all the stuff that made the first one great you know you have the you know the the rich characters and the development the you know societal themes and messages and but then you just kind of expand upon it and make it bigger and cooler and yeah it's just like everything that's cool about the first one just more so and and bigger and it it works so well (laughs) i I i think the uh the, the the idea that the motel's just a bigger house is actually kind of wonderful mm-hmm. it is literally just the same but a bigger building that has a lot more things in it and i think you said motel but you, you mean mall Ma- oh sorry mall it's because we're just talking yeah. about psycho sorry look this is but this is we're over three hours like well i don't think we've ever mm-hmm. went over three hours in a screams episode before we're getting delirious and the, oh, the reality starting it's... to break down i'm very tired <laughs> <laughs> well the finish line's very much in sight tim that's my it's number close. three dawn of the dead what is your number two? Uh, so this will be an unhold. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> shocked. <laughs> the Shining. Uh, um, yes, I knew it would be. Uh, the hmm. last time for you, this was number four. So it's up two spots. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just like, the. I mean, it's a hotel, not a house, but it is like the perfect haunted house movie. You <laughs> oh, know? for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, with just stellar performances and I mean, it's Kubrick. So, you know, it, it just looks, uh, and sounds great. There's nothing like it can never be replicated. It is just phenomenal. And, um, yeah, it's like scary as shit. Like I remember watching it for, you know, like, uh, at my house as a kid and, you know, just knowing that it had this like reputation, uh, and, just so much about it was so creepy and unsettling and it's yeah it, it's great um and it, it and it's a weird one as a, a stephen king fan too because it is uh you know notoriously hated uh by king uh but um yeah it, it, it's weird because the shining the book is a really good scary book but yeah the movie is very different but I don't know, it, it might be better. Like, it, it sounds a little blasphemous to say, but, like, the the movie is so damn good. Yeah, I love The Shining. I, <laughs> I like, I know King doesn't like the movie because it mm-hmm. deviates from the book, but I'll say it, I think Stephen King is a better filmmaker than... Sorry. I think Stanley Kubrick <laughs> is a better filmmaker than Stephen King is a... Hey, look, it's, it's a long episode, everyone, okay? Yeah. We're breaking down here. Right. <laughs> Anyway, Stanley Kubrick rules is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he made a phenomenal movie that's got just such striking cinematography. The mm-hmm. build-up, the exploration of the character of Jack Torrance and mm-hmm. his history and what the, the ghosts, if that's what you're believing they are, are exploiting mm-hmm. in him and manipulating him. And is it just an analogy for what he already has inside him? All these things. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's wonderful. Um, 
So I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's, that's your number two. <laughs> My number two, which was number two last time, is Alien. This is <laughs> phenomenally detailed. I was just praising this uh, yesterday for how like intricate the sets are, how detailed the ship, mm-hmm. the alien ship, the alien planet, the suits. It feels like such a lived-in world. Like, this, this, the production design is some of the best. Like, I don't really think about production design that much, but there's so much crap production design now because so many things just use CG for the background <laughs> that I really appreciate mm-hmm. the tactile quality of everything in this movie. And then the alien itself is just this perfect design. This this organism, the face hugger, the mm-hmm. chest burster, all this stuff is so good. The alien ship they explore, the atmosphere as all this is happening. It's such a phenomenally paced, pick off the characters one by one movie. It's, it's special. It, 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 this is what I always say about it, is that it takes a B-movie concept. And what were we saying just earlier is if you treat it mm-hmm. seriously, then you elevate it into being something that's not silly. And this treats it so seriously. It treats it like it's an A movie. It's not a B movie. This is an A movie that just happens Mm. to become from a B movie concept. And it's so special because of that. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it rules like the... I... You know, I, I was just reading an Alien comic not too long ago. And, I mean, it was fine. And it's not like I read, like, Alien comics, like, all the time. But, like, there's there's lots out there and some are to varying degrees, but I, I love picking them up because the Xenomorph is just such like a perfect monster design. Like it looks so cool to look at. And I, yeah, I will never like, you know, like even in, you know, crappier movies or books or or whatever, like I still love seeing it it pop up. Um, yeah, it's just like that, that perfect design. And then, uh, yeah, the, um, the, the tease of the larger world is really... I mean, obviously, 2 expands mm-hmm. on it a lot, but just this idea that the company that owns the ship is, like, mm-hmm. sending messages to one of them to not kill it because it wants the mm-hmm. alien is just such a cool yeah. little, like, idea that just has so much weight behind it and is why it's so ample for exploring in the sequels. And, and I mean, and that's, like, one of the cool things about the movie, too, is, you know, it doesn't feel very, like you know, typical sci-fi where like everyone are these like elevated scientists that are, no, no, you know, it's like, no, this is like a blue collar. Like, even though it's a spaceship, like these are like blue collar people that are like working jobs. (laughs) The, uh, the, the part on the documentary that's about casting is called truckers in space because that's what they are. (laughs) They're just truckers. Perfect. Calling cargo. Uh, That's all, all they are, and they encounter this uh, this alien entity, and it's just, the it's Ridley Scott's, it's probably Ridley Scott's best movie. I'd probably have some debate if I thought about it, but uh, it's just visually, yeah, it's so visually stunning. It just, it, it nails yeah. everything it's going for, so that um, is then, number two, yeah. Yeah, and then just talking before with Shining again, saying, you know, perfect haunted house movie, like, again, this is another example, it's like, has that feeling of like a haunted house movie, but again in space, mm. you know. Like, I mean, I'm there's so many people I've brought up all, all the time. Like, you know, like, oh yeah, Aliens kind of like a haunted house movie, so it's not like I'm saying anything new and unique. But, um, but no, I mean, it, it is so well done, though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that was my number two, which means Tim, 
it's finally time to tell everyone <laughs> that your number one's the same as it was last time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise. Uh, I, I gotta give some love uh, to my boy, Evil Dead 2, just uh, <laughs> just a you know, phenomenal movie. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I just talked about before how, to me, it's just the perfect intersection of you know, fun and goofiness, but also, you know, still horror. Like, uh, I love Armored Darkness, but again, you know, we're kind of like full in, you know, comedy territory. And again, I love the first one, but it's kind of straight up horror. I love that this one just kind of meets in the middle and there's stuff that's funny, but then there's also stuff that's weird and stuff that's still like cool horror shit. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Ash is kind of slowly, you know, not quite the ash that we usually think of but he's like slowly starting to turn into the you know the badass that we know i mean he says uh, groovy so i mean you know the the seeds are planted (laughs) you know um and again this is probably um you know believe it or not letterboxd wasn't around when i was a kid uh so (laughs) i I don't keep track of like everything i i I watched all the time but like this is probably got to be the movie i've seen the most like uh because i i I feel like there was a period in high school where I'd watch this like once a week or something. Like it was just such a cool, fun movie that I, you know, just really glommed onto. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ash is such a cool character and the effects are so great and so many fun, memorable moments. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a blast. You know, it's, a you know, it, by itself, you know, it's a good movie, but it's also the one that probably ha- I have, you know, one of the horror movies I have the most like nostalgia and, you know, love for. So, can't really beat it for me that's very i mean i had it low on my list but i did have it like it's a very good movie it's it's you know it's got all these iconic moments it's really fun to watch the more comical side of this franchise kind of come out where it's ash fighting his hand or fighting a skeleton (laughs) or fighting whatever like it's it's all really entertaining so uh, yeah and uh i always think of the the phrase now where i want to say maybe it was like edgar wright that that said this or something but i saw like some interview where you know he someone was talking about how <clears throat> you know most more horror movies are about like people getting picked off and this is like you know one horror movie that's about someone getting picked on which i thought was just a such a great way to distill it like you know it's, it's so fun just seeing this one guy just and, and the person picking on him isn't the demons it's sam raimi like he loves oh, yeah. torturing his best friend <laughs> yeah i've never heard that phrase before that's quite good um uh, all right, well, my number one, to, to wrap up this, is <laughs> also the same as my number one from last time. It is the original Halloween, uh, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. It is perfection. It is the cinematography. It's the pacing of of Laurie walking over to the house when you know what she's about mm-hmm. to find. It's Michael appearing in the background. It's that perfect mm-hmm. mask. It's the, the staging of these moments. It's the... The idea of him this being just this like there's no reason for him to be this evil and be this killer but he just is and always has been it's you know and obviously the main theme and all, all the other reasons i feel like i've talked about halloween so much at this point between <laughs> all these top lists between reviewing it on the show mm-hmm. um i did a commentary once upon a time on patreon <laughs> like uh, you know mm-hmm. i like I, these things of I've said them all. I've said them all. I've mm-hmm. analyzed it to death. So I'll just say it's like just the purest mm-hmm. horror movie to me of like everything else I like kind of bleeds out of it in a, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So Halloween. Yeah, everyone deserves one good scare. You know? Everyone deserves one good scare. 
Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. just to wrap up before we go, <laughs> I do want to just reveal all the things you had in your list last time that you didn't this time. Oh, okay. So these are the these are the snubs, right? I'll do it for me as well. But I've got I've got your setup because I, I knew what your number one was going to be, so I just sort of set it up in advance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll do them in order that they were in last time. Mm-hmm. So starting with number one hundred last time, and then going up to whatever the highest one is. Okay. Your number one hundred last time was mm-hmm. Leprechaun, which hey, Leprechaun didn't make the list this time. <laughs> bit of an oversight eh? <laughs> oh is it uh, or you just know deep down it's shit and you, you know it shouldn't it doesn't belong that's all I that mean, is yeah. <laughs> uh, number 99 last time was Freddy versus Jason oh yeah that, yeah. that is a fun one it's a fun yeah. one but yeah I, yeah I don't think it's in the top 100 it's you know what it is is it's a it, it's something that is sold by the gimmick it's mm. it's you know, like, if it's on the list, it's more because of the gimmick than the movie itself. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, then 98 was Dagon. Okay, yeah, I like Dagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number 97 is Silent Hill. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do think that first one is, like, uh, good, but yeah. 2017 <laughs> Tim's starting stuff. to feel a bit weird. Uh, number mm-hmm. 96 was Paranormal Activity 3. Okay, yeah. Which I agree is the best one, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 95 was selling it Deadline 8 2. <laughs> sure. Uh, 94 is Children of the Corn. I realize that so far this has just been sequential, but there's gaps in these numbers as we go. It's just, oh, I'm sure, you, yeah. you just had a bunch of new entries to start off the <laughs> new list with. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Children of the Corn, uh, number 93 was. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, which I didn't have last time, but did this time. <laughs> switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, we switcheroo. Um, 92 was Intruder. Oh, nice. 91 <laughs> was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both things you had on your list I did. this time. Uh, 89 was uh, Haruku the Goblin. Oh, yeah, that's a Japanese movie from the uh, 80s or 90s. Yeah. It's an in- interesting flick, yeah. Uh, it was Naroi the Curse, which I've actually seen now. I didn't know the last time we did this. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I like that one. Uh, 87's Return of the Living Dead, part two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 85 is... Or sorry, 86 is Maniac 2012. So you had that last time. Oh, nice. Uh, 85 is Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Okay, yeah, yeah. 84 was May. Yes, I, I like May. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, 83 is The Brood. Oh, okay. An interesting choice. <laughs> that, that's code for, what was I thinking? I was an idiot. <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, number 82 was Krampus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was more in a Christmassy mood. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh, 81 was The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 80 was Vamp. I like Vamp Vamp's one. 76 is Insidious <laughs> Chapter 2. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Again, I feel like you're saying interesting is like a nice way of saying, really? Okay. 70, 75. So we're jumping, no, we're, yeah, we're jumping a little bit there. Uh, is mm. Creep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 71, Phantasm 2. Fun movie, yeah. 78, Tales from the Crypt. That, like the, like the, what, 70s one? Or? Yeah, the 70s movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
68 southbound oh i do like southbound yeah uh, 67 the eye the eye is fun <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the original one not the yeah. american oh, oh yeah, yeah yes. obviously uh 63 is cat's eye cat's eye is really good too <laughs> 62 is invisible man 1933 oh okay there you go 60 sleepaway camp mm, classic <laughs> 57 is 1408 which by the way I've seen this since last time it's shit mm. what, what were you no, thinking no it's not shit it's no, terrible 1408 oh it's, no, it's really good it's absolute garbage I know no, I, no, I will no. not I will not go along with this uh, 56 was Cemetery Man oh fun I believe that that's about to get a, a nice um, Blu-ray release oh yes well it can go in your not quite in your top 100 uh, shelf anymore uh, 52 is Martyrs Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 50 was Inside okay yeah. For- French Extreme yeah 48 is Black Sabbath the, the Bava movie uh, I was thinking about whether or not I should put that one yeah. on 47 The Conjuring uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 46 I'm surprised this didn't show up actually The Devil's Backbone Um, I, I need to watch it again it's been a while oh, fair. I, I, I remember liking it but I just I don't have as much of a memory for yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 44, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, the baby. <laughs> uh, 42, Conjuring 2. Did I put that on the list? Oh. Yeah, I don't think so, no. Uh, I guess, yeah. Uh, I got it. <laughs> 41, Pet Cemetery. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I just forgot about that one because, yeah. yeah, I really like that one. Uh, 39, Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's a good one. That's another great uh, monster design. Uh, 33's Frankenstein, the original. Mm-hmm. You only had Braid this time. I, I, I do like the original Frankenstein. I think I just like, well, I already got Braid on there. Yeah. And then the final one that you didn't have this time, but you did have last time, was number 28, Insidious. Okay. So. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think I mentioned before at the start that I, I purposely did not look at my old list when I was making this list because I didn't mm. want to be influenced because it would have been very easy just to be like alright let me just copy and paste and then uh, make a few switcheroos or, or whatever so um, yeah so a lot of that stuff that was on the list it's not like I obviously it's not like I, I hate those movies now they suck <laughs> but uh, yeah it's just a combination of you know <laughs> I can't remember every movie so sure. some stuff I, I forgot <laughs> about um, some stuff that is just like, oh yeah, I like that, but you know, there's some new stuff I'm I'm adding, or uh, also a lot of stuff too that's like, oh, I like it, but if I haven't watched it recently, it might not be in my mind as much or as memorable uh, as much as maybe some other stuff. So, um, I'll still still stand by those choices, but yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have quite as much as you, but I have a still a reasonable <laughs> list here. So my my ones that I had last time but didn't make the cut this time were one hundred Night of the Creeps, which I think I just need to see again. I don't really remember it very well. That's a fun one, yeah. And yeah. uh, Night Blood Rage. I actually still think this is a blast. I just this was one of these mm. ones where I had a lot. You know, I've got like, some fun silly stuff, and this was just like one too many silly movies, so I had to yeah. keep that off. Uh, Ninety eight. God told me to. Now I actually love this more than I did <laughs> then. I've just since decided it's more of a sci-fi movie than a horror movie. So, That's fair. 
I do like it more than I did back then. It's just that I've I've, I've declassified it as <laughs> as horror. Uh, Ninety seven, The Haunting. I kind of just need to see that again. The original Haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a Stranger Calls. Ninety six. Uh, good, but just it just got bumped off. There was enough new things that it it didn't make the cut. I, I mean, I I think it has the very iconic you know calls coming from inside the house thing, but I mean, I, I don't think there's. Like, I, I don't find it much more of the wasn't movie the f- that compelling. Yeah, but that wasn't the first movie to do that, Tim, just to clarify. Oh, Black Christmas? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to spoil it, but since you brought it up, <laughs> yes, there you go. I'm sorry, spoiling the, <laughs> like, 40, 50-year-old movie. That's not the point. That's not the point. Uh, 93 <laughs> was Hell's Have Eyes, so we both had that last time, and neither of us did this time. Mm. That was just a case it mm. got bumped off. In uh, 90, yeah. I had The Vagrant, starring Bill Paxton, which I still like a lot, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I kind of need to refresh my memory on it. I actually saw that kind of recently. That's a that's a pretty fun movie. Yeah. It is pretty fun. Uh, 89, Puppet Master mm-hmm. 2. Yeah, I think this... <laughs> I think it's right that this didn't make the list. I don't think this is... You know, like, I mean, I still had fun with it when we watched it for the show, yeah. but it's like, yeah, it's not actually that good. Uh 88, Halloween 2. still like it. It just got bumped off because mm-hmm. it was just new things... To, to bump them off it, it just means my top 100 stronger overall i guess mm-hmm. uh 87 slither i think i need to see that again uh to see if i if it's still kind of worth it. martyrs i also had Same. last time at 86 83 i had terror vision which is still really fun but it just had to get bumped off because oh, right, right. New stuff. Uh, same with 82, New Year's Evil. I still have a lot of fun with that movie. <laughs> but again, I just, I have, I had enough silly ones that I just, I couldn't really justify <coughs> it. Uh, mm. 79, Friday the 13th Part 3. I still have fun with this, but I, I mm. think my Friday the 13th rankings shuffled around a little bit. Like, I like 8 <laughs> more than 3, and I 8 made the list this time and 3 didn't. So, there you go. 76, Conjuring 2. Interesting that we both seem to have went off the Conjuring movies mm. a bit. Uh, 75 Southbound I also had that last time but not this time oh, yeah. uh, 74 Army of Darkness which you still had but uh, mm-hmm. it fallen off for me 72 Shaun of the Dead uh, mm-hmm. I just I don't know I just didn't feel like having it there this time for whatever reason I, I had other things that were more interesting I thought uh, 64 The Strangers which I still like but just bumped off basically 63 Split Still like, but, mm. you know, just uh, didn't feel as hot on it. Uh, 56, Dark Water. I just need to see this again. I loved it when I saw it originally, but I was a teenager. I need to revisit it to see if it still belongs high up, because it was in my 50s last mm. time. And the highest movie I had was 53 from last time. That's not on my list this time is Don't Breathe, which it, when I looked at my mm. list, I went, you know, I like that movie, but that feels a bit high. Uh, so mm-hmm. it ended up not making the list, so... I thought that was interesting to check, uh, but uh, I went through it as quickly as possible because I realized to... <laughs> we're yeah. ready to I mean, go. It just goes to show you, though, that like you know, the like these lists—they're like they're living organisms. You know, they grow, <laughs> they change. They're not like you know, just firmly built in place. They can—they can—they're malleable. You know, they're malleable. Yes, and some <laughs> sometimes you admit that leprechaun shit, and you don't put it on your list. I—I I, I, I would never admit it. I mean. <laughs> But oh, maybe but it's like 101. <laughs> but it's there to be admitted, though. No. <laughs> I would never admit that. When you say I would never admit it, that implies that it's true, but you're just never going to say it. No, I would never admit that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would never admit that. I would never admit that either. I'd never admit that. (laughs) All right, this has been a a saga. It's been an odyssey. This was the the final part of our top 100 horror movies. Thank you very much for joining us. You can support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV. We'll see you pretty soon for our first Christmas episode. We'll have a couple of public Christmas episodes and a bonus Christmas episode on Patreon. So join us for those. Uh, but hopefully you had fun with the countdown <laughs> and you enjoyed all three hours and 30 minutes of this <laughs> this crazy episode. Uh, but that is us. Uh, we will not be exceeding 90 minutes again for quite some time, <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Keep watching horror movies and we will see you next time.